as soon as we get a little bit of something from God, we're like, yeah, I got this. And then this is my ministry and this is my thing and this is what I do. And somebody else comes on, hey, stop, stop stepping on my territory. I, you don't know who I am. God, God called me this thing. <laughs> we, we forget that we're all a body supposed to be working together. But when you have that selfishness, it just goes stale inside you. That's what I was going to say. It turns into a my, my, my instead of God, God, God. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, when God pours out, it's it's to share. And when yeah. it goes stale inside you, that's that old rancid wine is, mm. is no good to anybody. Vinegar ain't meant for drinking, you know, a whole bottle of this stuff, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> It'll pickle your vegetables, you know, but it ain't meant for us to keep. It's meant to be given away. And it goes all the way back to the very first one we, we came to, you know, finding the heart of God. I thought I had, I just had been in the mind of the ultimate genius and I ran as if I got the whole thing. I was going to tell my wife I was excited. It wasn't private. I was excited to say, baby, I just had this encounter, you know, and it was life changing. And, and, you know, and my old, my old hippie brain, just my three brain cells were rattled all over in there, you know, but then they say, you, you missed my heart, son. And it's, you got to recognize sometimes that you get a piece and then want to run if you got the hole. You see what I'm saying? You just got to recognize, you got a piece. And in reality, one thing I love that my all my kids have said to me, Poppy, it's so weird. You know, you'll be telling us something in the house. And then we'll put the television on, or we'll get in the car and put the radio on. Or we'll go to church or something, and, and a preacher on the radio, or a preacher on the TV, or the preacher in the youth group, or a preacher in church will wind up saying the same thing you were saying to us in the house. I'm like, man, that is the way. To, if I'm telling it to you and you ain't hearing nobody else say it, then you better check me out because most likely I ain't got it right because now I think I got a hole and I'm running with it. Mm-hmm. So every time I hear something like that, I'm thinking, man, God, come on. I want to hear somebody else say it so that I know with 100%, I'm already sure I'm hearing from you. I'm already giving it away because it ain't mine to keep anyway. Mm-hmm. But when I hear another brother share it, another brother speak it because it's the same Holy Spirit speaking to him that spoke to me. You see what I'm saying? Now I'm like, all right, now, now I'm not in this alone. Now we're going in this together. Confirmation. Yeah. If you were battle, we're brothers going into battle together because we got the same battle plan. Mm-hmm. We got to, we're following the same Holy Spirit. And if you following him, that'll take you back to that story. You know, Joshua. Joshua comes out, he's out there, he's out there praying. Oh Lord, Lord, help me, help me, Lord, because we got this city, Jericho, and boy, they got some big walls over mm-hmm. there. God, they got guys riding horses up there. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know if you looked at this guy, but that's some big, you know. And they said, look, something, there's a man standing there with a sword. You know, and Joshua goes up and goes, are you for us or for them? And, and the man says, no, I'm not here. To, you can say it this way. I'm not here to pick sides. I'm here to get you on my side. I'm, I'm here to take over, not to take sides. I'm here to take over. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you will surrender to me, and the moment Joshua surrendered, the moment Joshua submitted, he gives him the battle plan. You can see, now you're following me in the battle. But you're running out there by yourself. You know? Sometimes we think we have to have it all together to, to try to start sharing something. But when you're playing music, if it sounds good with you all by yourself, when you get into a group, you're going to be stepping on everybody else's shoes. And when you're playing in a group, you have to play something that doesn't sound good all by itself. I hope these other people are playing with me because what I'm playing mm. is not going to sound great without all <laughs> you know. But that's when you're going to make music together, you have to step back and play your part. And it's all of that coming together as a whole that makes it something beautiful that communicates to others. And Don't you've step got, on my blue suede shoes. Yeah, no. You've got the part that you said... 
And then they're hearing it from these other places and God's able to bring it to them over and over again where one voice saying one thing, no matter how perfect they say it, it's in and out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're telling your children. <laughs> I'm not pretty sure they ain't got nothing up in there to stop it. It goes right through. <laughs> no, I'm blessed. All of my kids are, I've, God bless me with some amazing kids. You know, for a guy that I never wanted any kids, I didn't think I wanted to have any children. And and then I had only, I had made only one that I knew of, you know, and, and, and uh, she's an amazing young lady. I had a fantastic conversation with her the other day and, and uh, she's a pastor's wife. Got this ex-outlaw biker for a dad, you know, homosexual lady for a mom, you know, and uh, and she winds up becoming a pastor's wife. You know, one of the cool things, one of the best things that my daughter ever said to me was when she looked at me and she said, Pop, when I saw what God did to you and how he changed you, I knew he had to be real because only God could have done that. You know, and that impacted my daughter's life where she said, all right, Jesus, if you can do that for my dad, I want that too in my life. Mm-hmm. She's an amazing young lady to to visit with, you know, and I, all of my children. So then I wind up marrying Wanda, you know. I think I only made one kid that I knew of, you know. I, I thought I did so much drugs and booze, I just couldn't make babies no more. Then I, I didn't know I was marrying Fertile Myrtle, you know. And, and <laughs> we went on the honeymoon, you know. Nine months later, we had another a baby, you know, and then, and then a short time later, you know. All of a sudden, we had two years and had two babies. I was like, hey, God, you and me got to talk. You know? I said, I've been married two years got two babies. I said, I don't want to be no married 20 years and got 20 babies. I said, I might be like that Abraham fella, 100 years old, still trying. I just don't want to be succeeding. You know? that, that shows the, with your daughter, you know, the, the need for the power to be expressed. The This generation doesn't want to go to church and go through the steps yeah. like everybody has before them with some idea of some far distant future. The the what we have today, this generation, they, they don't see any future. And they don't really care about a future beyond death right now. Yeah. But what can strike them is seeing the power of God expressed in, in people's lives, like you were saying, I saw that change. I know there's something real there. And I think that's part of what God wants to show now is the the real power of God moving in the church and not mm-hmm. just a little bit of laughter and then go home and be the yeah. same person, but something where He's he wants to do that deeper work and change people all the way through. I think that's where a lot of church folk maybe had missed it many years ago. They got so churchified that they forgot how to be real. Mm. If you can't be real, and that's all we're endeavoring to do, that's why it is just outhouse theologians. Because we ain't claiming to be nothing fancy. Mm. Uh, we just want it to be real, man. Just give it to you real, and then let you figure it out. Let you deal with it with God. You go to God and say, look, God, these guys are sounding a little bit crazy over here. You know what I'm saying? What, uh, you know, what's your take on this? You know, if you don't go talk. People say, well, I never had heard God talk to me. Well, did you ever go talk to him? Did you ever give him anything to answer? Yeah. You ain't talked to God. Man, you you letting God sit up there and be bored. Now, why would you do that to him? 
And if you did go talk to him, did you let him answer? You? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <man. laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you keep your mouth shut, your ass, and then shut your mouth long enough to hear you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I was really searching for God, and it was a long process of calling out to seemingly nothing, but by the end, one of the things I realized is he doesn't let us come to him on our terms. When we set terms, he brings us to the end of our terms. He's like, okay, are you ready for unconditional surrender? And then until we're at that point, everything that we're doing is just part of our, you know, I'm going to make a deal with you, God. If you do all of these things, I'll do this thing. And, and maybe he'll, he'll go through with it for you, maybe not. But you don't know him until you've come to the end of all that. And it's, okay, God, I'm... You know, like Peter said, only you, where can we go? Only you have yeah. the words of life. Yeah, so man. I'm stuck. You've got me on the hook. And all I can do is say, I'm, I'm done with my making deals and resisting. Right now, it's just whatever you want. And at that point, that's when you begin to encounter him. That's one of my favorite moments in the Bible is when Pete says that. <laughs> hey, where else are we going to go, sir? Yeah. For you alone hold the words of truth. I, look, I ain't got no place else to go, sir. I remember when I first began to follow Jesus and people would tell me, oh man, you know, you want to be careful. You want to be careful that you don't fall back into where you was, you know. You know, you, you don't want to be back going back to be some old, you know, some old biker, you know. Well, first of all, when Jesus saved me, he didn't erase my tattoos and he didn't take away my leather jacket and he didn't tell me stop riding Harleys. Matter of fact, got me a job working for Harley where I got paid to ride Harleys, you know. <laughs> but, it's, and I would I would look at him and go, man, you, you got no idea. Because you got no idea where I came from. Man, I got nothing to go back to. Because I got, there's nowhere else for me to go. Mm. But to follow the words of life and truth. You understand? Mm. I said this, man, when I started this gig, man, you know, I I came into it, you know, not knowing anything. And, and I, you know, I'm like, God, look, I I got, number one, I want to get no religion, no self-righteousness. Number two, I want to know your personality. I don't want somebody to tell me about you. I want to know you. Mm. I want to know your personality. I don't want to just know what you think. I don't want to just know some some stories in the book, man. I want to know what you felt when you thought it. I want to know what you felt when you said it. You know, I want to know your personality because if I'm following the words of truth and the word of life, that has to change me. And the more I get changed, the more I can experience him. You know, the whole thing, the more, how's that go to something in the system about uh, the more, maybe it was an old song or something. The more you'll be, yeah, then the more you like him, you'll become, you know, and the third day sing there's something about the, the things of the world will become strangely dim because you've been so focused on him. I know that I didn't get their song right. I think that's where it's at, man. And if you could just be just be that real with God, just be that real with God. And be that honest with it. I heard a song about uh, what that graves in a garden. I like that song. And the guy goes, I'm not afraid to show you my weakness. I'm like, dude, why you be afraid to show him? He's seeing it anyway. <laughs> You know, so yeah, don't be afraid. Yeah. Shh, be real with him. Look, look, dude, you see it already. I got nothing I can hide from you. So here it is, man. Take it all. 
Look at Pete when you see Pete, Pete first meets him. You know, he's got the crowd at the beach and, and Jesus just gets in Pete's boat. You know? Mm. And and he preaches from the boat and then he says, All right, boy, put out in the deep and go fishing. And Pete's like, Look at here, preacher. I've been fishing all night long. I fish this, I know this lake. All right. And we done fished all night yeah. and there ain't nothing out there. But Pete was a good Jewish boy. And he didn't want word getting back to his mama that he argued with the rabbi. You know what I'm saying? But nevertheless, because you're the rabbi, because I'm going to put out there just because you stay. And he gets out there and he catches all this fish. And Pete's response to that catch is, hey, depart from me, sir. I'm a sinful man. To me, I always thought that was kind of a strange reaction to catching all that fish. But also you realize this is a guy who fished there all night and said there wasn't nothing. Yeah. But now there's somebody who he listened to preaching from his boat that didn't just preach, but now showed him. And Pete all of a sudden realized, I'm in the presence of somebody here greater than me. Somebody here that can do more than I can do. Depart from me. And you know what I loved about that is Jesus didn't depart from him. He said, oh, no. Oh, no, Pete. <laughs> you're coming with me. <laughs> you're, just, you're just the guy I'm looking for. You know, you, you're the mess that I'm looking for. You're nice. the least likely. That's true conversion. It's not like, okay, now you can't fish anymore. Now you can't ride bikes anymore. You got to sit in church and try to pretend like you're a good church person. It's like Paul said, what advantage did you gain from those things that you're ashamed of now? If you really understand what God delivered you from, then you understand that I don't have anything behind me except shame. And I don't have anything in front of me except life. So... Where am I going to turn back to? <laughs> Let's keep going to life, man. You know, that's that's the that makes it there. There begins the fun and the adventure of following Jesus Christ. You know, I tell people, look, man. You know, you go back to the laughter thing and all the other things. You know, some of the stories that have already been told on here, where I've encountered Jesus Christ in a, in a very unreligious way. You know, a lot of folk might have trouble with some of the stories we tell. You know, because it don't make no sense to in their box. You know what I'm saying? And that's all right, man. You know, you just deal with that between you and Jesus and let him work it out in your life and you work it out with him. As long as you're trying to follow the words of truth in life, you will eventually work it out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I tell I told someone this just the other day. I was standing in the grocery and I'm, and I'm talking with him. We're talking God and telling God stories back and forth, you know. And they're beautiful people. I really like them, you know. But they're a little bit uptight, you know. And I looked him right in the face. I said, you know what? I don't believe Jesus is who he said he is. And a woman went, what? You're going to stand here and talk all this and then say something like that? I said, yes, ma'am. I don't believe Jesus is who he said he is. I said, I know he is who he said he is because I've encountered him and experienced him too much to just say I believe. I think we might have said that one in an earlier one because then Paul said to Paul, you know, I know in who I have believed. Paul got to the point where he said, I don't believe, I know. Look, man, I'm going to tell you, man, he showed up in a light and knocked me off the horse, you know? <laughs> And old Paul asked the question and then answered it. Who art thou, Lord? <laughs> but it's, it's also interesting the way that God, uh, I mean, he could just pour out his spirit on us. But all, it seems like in almost every case, he has them going to someone and filling them. You know, the disciples come together and I'll meet you there. I'll fill you there. And then they're going out, and there's people who the word has already spread to, but do you have the Holy Spirit? Not yet. Because the people who got, on whom God has put the Holy Spirit are carrying it out. 
And I don't understand the way that works. And I know that you can receive the Holy Spirit without somebody specifically there praying for you. But it mm-hmm. seems like in most cases, that's the way God chooses to work is that I'm going to put this in you and you're going to carry it and give it out. Look at Pete when, you know, he has the vision, the sheet, rise, kill, and eat, you know, and then Pete argues with God. That's why I love Pete so much, you know. <laughs> Been there myself, you know. And uh, and and then all of a sudden the guy, the people come and they say, hey, man, you know, the, the centurion man, he saw a vision and an angel appeared and said to come get you. And Pete said, you know, I figured out that God's saying, don't call unclean what I've called clean, you know. <clears throat> Pete was quick after line, and he goes there, and he, and he preaches. And it says, while he's preaching, the Holy Spirit falls on him. But it had, you're right, it has something to do with, you know, God was already going to do that because he saw the man's heart. Yeah. See, but he had Pete who was already full of him. And if you look at that, that was an interesting point. It says on Acts chapter 2, they were full of the Holy Spirit. Then a little bit later, there's another story that says Peter being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, and then it, it seemed like it, it, there's more than just one filling, is what it seems like to me as you read that story. Like, oh, he got fooled here, but he gave a bunch out. Then a little bit, he got filled again, and he gave a bunch out. You see what I'm saying? And he got yeah. filled again. It's not just an experience. It's a connection. Well said. Like, That's uh, beautiful. I'm plugging you in. Yeah, you know, I'm <laughs> plugging you in, you know. I'll give you a plugging you in story. All right. As it goes along, you know, I, one night I was, uh, you know, even with the visions and dreams, I'm, I'm laying in bed with my wife, man. I'm having this dream. And in this dream, you know, when you're in a, you have the lobby of the church and then you got the double doors where you go into the mm-hmm. auditorium where everybody sits, you know. And I'm back there for some reason. I got a broom and I'm sweeping the carpet. The vacuum must have been broke, but I was sweeping the carpet with a broom, you know. And a, and a big native fellow walks out the doors and he goes, no one would pray for me. Not even that preacher would pray for me. And I thought, well, that ain't right, man, because praying ain't got to make sense to you. Got to make sense to the one you're praying to. So I went up to the guy and said, hey, man, I said, I pray for you in Jesus' name. And the guy went, ah, get away from me. And I'm being dumb as I am, I just followed after the guy. I got him by the shirt sleeve and grabbed him and said, hey, man, I said I pray for you in Jesus' name. And then the guy turned around and went, and then like the demon came out of this guy. And all of a sudden, I wake up from that dream, and now there's fear everywhere. You could feel this fear, so much fear that I couldn't hardly talk. And I managed to push the name Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, and I had to push it out. But on that third Jesus, the best way I can describe this to you was like a wave of electricity went through my body from head to toe. And it went through me repeatedly, and the more it went through me, it went faster to me. Now, all of a sudden, I sat up in the bed full on wide awake. And now I don't feel the fear, I can see it. It's like in a giant, big, clear circle. It's like when you're looking at the window right there, you don't really see the glass, you see the frame around it. Mm-hmm. Man, I could see this giant, clear circle like this. I got electricity flowing through my body. I'm not feeling fear, I'm seeing fear. And all of a sudden I go to open my mouth and out come a language that makes no sense to me whatsoever. But as I'm doing this, got the electricity going through me, the giant circle and a language coming out, I want that giant circle start to get smaller and smaller and go out the back wall of my house. Now, I looked down at my wife is sleeping peaceful as could be. And I thought in my head, I could think in English, but I couldn't get it to come out of my mouth. I looked down at her and I thought, now that ain't right. 
I was married. I shouldn't have to go through this by myself. And I reached over and just barely touched her hand like that. Boom, the girl shot up in the bed, full on wide awake. And she goes, wow, the power of God is awesome in here. And started laughing like a crazy woman. I'm over here, got electricity flowing through me. I'm looking at Circle of Fear going out the back wall, and I cannot talk in English. And my wife is over here having a hoot. She's having herself a ball. And I'm looking at her, I'm trying to communicate to her. I can't get English to come out. I can think it in my head. I just can't get it to come out. And finally, that giant circle of fear goes right out the back wall of our house. And that dad, Wanda, quits laughing. And electricity goes right down. To, and, it's, and, like, and Wanda looked at me. She said, what in the world just happened? I said, I... And out of sleep, it was like someone had plugged me in and then unplugged me, you know. And the next day, we got, I could tell her the story just fine. I have no explanation for that. I don't know what that was, but it literally was like someone had plugged me in and then unplugged me, you know. Um, it, you know, outhouse theologians, man. You just <laughs> getting it as it is, man. Get it real, you know. Yeah.